Welcome to the Empowering Path podcast. I'm Jess Frost, aka the Highly Sensitive Coach, and this is a podcast dedicated to fellow highly sensitive people and empaths. My life's work is now dedicated to empowering HSPs and empaths to own their sensitive superpowers and thrive as their authentic selves. Should we get stuck in? Welcome, lovely one, to episode 29 of the Empowering Path podcast. How you diddling? I hope the start of 2022 is going well, and I hope it's going at the pace that you need it. This episode is a little share from me about my journey with perfectionism and worthiness. And I'll be honest with you, this has been probably one of the biggest breakthroughs that I had in my healing journey. And I know that so many of the people connected to me are starting to notice their perfectionist behaviour. It's not until we start becoming self-aware and we start to notice patterns and we start to know how we are being in the world and how we're showing up in the world that we start to make these connections with some unconscious beliefs. And yeah, I definitely started to see the connection between my perfectionist behaviour in the outside world and my internal worthiness beliefs about myself. It is not been easy. My journey with perfectionism and worthiness has been honestly one of the most exhausting, (laughs) confronting, but eye-opening and healing journeys of my entire life. And some of you will know my background and um, the stuff that I kind of navigated in my early years and my childhood and in my teens. Um, But it wasn't, like I say, until a couple of years ago that I really started to put two and two together. So I've always been a high achiever. Uh, You know, even whilst navigating the trauma that we experienced in my late teens in my family, um, you know, going through a lot of grief, um, I was still achieving, you know, high grades in my A-levels to go to one of the leading universities in the UK to study psychology. Um, you know, even at the time, like, you know, my parents were having private discussions with the head teacher who was writing a letter to my university to ask them to accept me regardless of my grades because of the trauma that I was going through. I still achieved more than I was predicted, more than I ever believed I would. But yeah, I had like, you know, two, I think it was two A's and a C and um, managed to secure my place at university, which looking back now is like, what? Um, but yeah, it, it, it translated into my work life. So I've always been, again, a really high achiever, a very hard worker. Granted, I've never been the top performer. So at the awards days with my, with my, uh, you know, corporate organizations that I was working for, I wasn't necessarily the person every year getting up on stage, receiving awards. I was always like mid to high table with performance. And that is another story that, that was to do with my upper limit problems, (laughs) And actually believing I was capable of big things, but that's another podcast. Um, But yeah, I still was a high achiever. I cultivated very strong client relationships. My core values were 
something I stood by. And actually, funnily enough, before I left my last organisation, who were incredible, by the way, um, Trade and Recruitment, I was awarded um, Core Values Champion Award, which actually, looking back, makes total sense. I held myself and other people to incredibly high standards. Um, I actually had <laughs> a testimonial from an old colleague and boss um, when I was living down in Bristol and he wrote, um, Jess holds herself to very high standards and other people. And it was almost celebrated. But looking back again, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's something that I need to watch now because that wasn't necessarily fair on the other people and the high standards that I held them to. I wasn't aware at that time that like everyone has their own model of the world. Everyone will have their own belief system. Everyone will have their own values in the world. So even though my value was doing the best at work, um, showing up every single day, um, coming to work if I was ill, like all this stuff, like that's my value, but I really shouldn't have projected that in hindsight on other people. However, again, probably another podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I lived for recognition. I lived for validation. So whether that was a text from my mum saying, I'm so proud of you, or whether that was the CEO of the company shouting me out uh, for my achievements, um, getting nominated for awards, winning awards, that high to me, now looking back, was as big as the high of taking drugs and drinking alcohol. That gave me a buzz. And all I ever wanted to do in bunny ears and doing bunny ears is make everyone proud. And really deep down, the honest, the honest part is that I was in fucking turmoil. Like I was in autopilot. I was in fight or flight mode. I had, I was navigating unprocessed trauma and pain. I was suppressing my emotion and I was holding in a lot of shame. So this, imagine this, like all layering on top of one another or imagine like a Coke can just waiting to be shaken up and bursting open. And yeah, this this high from this external recognition waned, which then led to crippling inner critic. So, you know, I call my inner critic Gretchen after one of the characters of Mean Girls. She was a mean girl, but she was a, a absolutely crippled people pleaser, which I really resonate with. And um, yeah, didn't know her own voice, didn't know how to stand in her own power, but would be mean and would project onto other people. And that was 100%, you know, a part of me, a part of my shadow. Um, and yeah, just, I had this like, oh, I, I, I just, I, I would tell it to people that I trusted, but a fear of being fired. I had this like overwhelming fear of being found out, like this imposter syndrome that would just cloud everything and this inner critic that would be wild telling me to do more do more you're not doing enough you're going to let this person down they're not going to be proud of you you're going to be a fucking failure you're going to be let go you're going to lose your job you're going to have nothing and it was like this exhausting exhausting process all the time so then I, I would live for that for that shout out, for that recognition that would kind of take that pain away for a little time until it waned. And it's only now since kind of deep diving into the work, deep diving into my shadow, which is my unconscious mind, which holds the trauma, which holds the shitty belief, which holds that suppressed part of ourselves 
that is full of shame, that suppressed part of ourselves that is our authentic selves that's desperate to come out. And I now know that this was started, this whole process commenced when I was a a young child. Like your shadow is born the moment you suppress a part of your authenticity. So I can now see that I didn't feel safe as a young child because it is all about safety. It's about survival when we are in our imprint period of between kind of, you know, zero to seven you know, that period is all about survival. It's all about understanding our environment. And if you're a highly sensitive person, you're already hypervigilant to your environment. And then if you are naturally sensitive and cry a lot, feel things incredibly deeply, and you sense in your environment that it's not safe to do that. So for me, you know, my parents had their own shit going on. My dad suffered with alcohol dependency. He suffered with severe mental health challenges. Um, And my mum was also a fellow rescuer. So she would be trying to look after and save my dad. And, you know, the family learnt, you know, my parents learnt to numb out, you know, when they were feeling certain things, when they were uh, stressed at work. It was very much, let's go to the pub or pour a glass of wine. And, you know, that was what I was modelled. But it was very much, I learned to push down everything I was feeling for fear of making the situation worse unconsciously. So if my parents looked visibly upset, if they were, if emotions were unstable, so there was eggshell living, as Brenny Brown, call, uh, Brenny Brown calls it, you know, if you if you learnt that your environment was unstable and unpredictable, so one minute it could be full of joy and laughter and, and fun and games, and the next minute it is shouting, screaming, anger, rage, smashing things, you learn to be hypervigilant. So I was literally there as a young child and as a teen, just scanning, scanning for danger, unconscious danger. Um, and I learned to bottle things up very well. So I pushed down everything I was feeling. And if I did cry, you know, it was met with, oh, don't cry. Um, uh, so I just learned then to push it down. And it was almost like emotion was feared because actually if I think I truly started to believe that if I, if I let my emotion out too much, it would lead to mental health difficulties. It would lead to alcoholism. It would lead to being sectioned. All the stuff that I was witnessing, I started to think that would happen if I was upset because the reaction I had from being upset was so overwhelming. Um, and, and coming back to everything I always say, this is no fault of my parents. I now know from doing the work that everyone is doing the best they fucking can with what they have. And both of my parents have still probably a lot of unprocessed trauma from their own childhood, from their own upbringing, from their own adult life. And everyone is just doing the best they could. Uh, But what we do, every single person in this world will form survival methods, whatever that looks like. Um, And mine was to suppress, it was to wear masks. So I, I literally could have told my trauma story of grief, of loss, of mental health challenges, of, um, you know, being the child of um, uh, an alcoholic. You know, I could have told my story to anyone, 
person in Morrison's and I used to laugh about it. I'd be like, oh, I don't care telling my story. I'll tell anyone. And I had almost like this script, this script that was so deeply imprinted in me that I could tell it without any emotion. And I could make people believe that I had healed, that I could feel, that I could do all of that stuff when it actually, in fact, I couldn't. And what happened was I manipulated unconsciously my environment to create a degree of safety for myself. Um, I learned to be a rescuer and a fixer because I gained my worthiness through trying to save people. Um, and also I, I got my worthiness from achievements. So like I was talking about with the work situation, um, with um, uh, qualifications, with degrees, etc. And yeah, I did. I was so disconnected. I was so disassociated from myself. It was untrue. So when I got to my adult life and everything came crashing down, I had what I call my dark night of the soul, where my body was fucking telling me and my mind was telling me no more. Like there is no more room for your suppressing bullshit. Like you're going to have to let some of this out. You're going to have to let some of this go because it is not manageable. And as a lot of people talk about, if we hold this stuff in for too long, it will make us ill. It will make us ill with mental health um, problems, but it will equally make us ill physically. And, you know, when I got into my mid-30s, I was definitely seeing more um, autoimmune potential problems, um, allergies, like I've got a gluten intolerance. I was seeing different parts of me flare up. I had the most, I think it was in my uh, what would it be? Early twenties after I finished university and actually had to come back home and face my trauma. I had, um, the most incredibly inflamed skin problems. So I actually lost every single, um, fingerprint mark. I lost all the skin off the top of my fingers. And I now know that was because it was unprocessed trauma coming out. Like I would have like, my skin was so hot to touch. Um, and I have little flare-ups every now and again now, but nothing like I used to have. Um, acne flare-ups, like so many different things. I had like acne all over my back, which would make me so insecure when it came to like swimming at school or like showing my body. Um, and yeah, I just now can look back and be like, wow, like my body was screaming in so many different ways um, that it was just unprocessed parts of this energy, emotion that was trapping inside of my body. And it's why now I'm like so passionate about shadow work from not just a traditional psychological model in in terms of like the mind and the unconscious mind. That is very important. And it's a big part of the work I do with um, my clients, either in uh, group programs or one-to-one. But understanding your shadow as part of your um, energetic, spiritual body, like understanding my chakra system. So, you know, in terms of my chakras, if I'm suppressing my sensitivity, if I'm suppressing the ability to show compassion and empathy, you know, to myself, I'm blocking my heart chakra. If I am not, if I don't know who I am and I'm therefore unable to communicate who I am, what is my story? What am I here to do? Telling my story I'm blocking my throat chakra. I was definitely blocking chakras related to my intuition because I I couldn't hear my inner voice because everything was so controlled by my mind. I had no connection 
to the universe and my spirituality and my intuition. And yeah, it was, it was, it, it just couldn't, it couldn't carry on. So I had to, I decided to, to do the work on it. I decided to hire holistic coaches. Um, I did some work with therapy. Um, I found talking therapy useful to a certain degree. Um, but I knew I wanted a range and a blend of support. And actually the the power that I had through holistic coaches, coaches that encouraged me to do self-healing, um, to reflect and become more self-aware because that was what I think shifted me the most was that self-empowerment, that ability that I have everything I need to change my world, that the world I was living in, in my deepest, darkest pain was projecting and it was attracting the outside. So all the, the shit that I'd find myself in, all the, all the, all of the behavior that I was exhibiting that I carried so much shame about and so much regret, um, all of the shitty things that were going wrong where I was saying, why does this always happen to me? Like the million speeding fines or like the parking tickets or random charges or, you know, money that I, I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't managing my bank account. So I was sending out signals to the universe that like I wasn't able to manage money. So I was getting into incredible debt. And yeah, I now can see that all of this is interlinked. But my behavior that I was exhibiting in the outside world was 100% linked to unconscious beliefs of my worthiness. Deep, deep down to my core, I didn't think I was worthy. I didn't think I was worthy of being seen. I didn't think I was worthy of anyone hearing me. I didn't think I was worthy of success. I didn't think I was worthy of money and wealth. I didn't think I, didn't think I was worthy of any of it. So even when I did attract success with work, when I was bringing in money, um, I would sabotage it. When I attracted good people into my life, um, because of my shadow and my pain and my trauma and all of it, I didn't think I was worthy of love. I didn't think I was worthy of connection. I didn't think I was worthy of anything. So I sabotaged it. Um, and rather than looking back on this with like, you should have known better. Why have you done this? I have learned one of the biggest tools that I will take to my grave. And that is compassion and empathy. Because when you can start showing yourself compassion and empathy for everything, the deepest, darkest parts of yourself, the parts of yourself that we're projecting out onto the external world because we carry so much shame around, the mistakes we've made, the decisions we've made, the behaviour we've exhibited, when we can show ourselves compassion, empathy, shame, as Brené says, my queen, shame cannot survive. Compassion, it cannot survive empathy. And when we start to build that self-connection, that connection that we have never had, when we can start to move from our mind into our body, we can really see a shift and we can really start to lose 
the perfectionism, which is a prison. It is a prison and we unconsciously believe that if if we carry on being perfect or strive for perfect, that we won't have to face failure, we won't have to face abandonment, we won't have to face rejection or shame. But it doesn't last. It cannot last. It will come at you. Your shadow will face you when it needs to be healed, when it's too much. But you don't have to hit a, a dark night of the soul like me to do this work. You can be healthily, safely tapping into your shadow right now. Being a, 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 being an observer of your shadow, of what's going on in your unconscious. What belief system are you carrying about yourself? What could really be going on with your self-esteem? Why is your behaviour as it is? Why are you projecting certain judgment on other people? Is that perhaps that's something in your shadow that's screaming to come out? All of these things you can start tapping into, whether whether it be a therapist, whether it be a coach, whether it be group programs, whatever that looks like, you can start doing this work and it can change your life. And perfectionism can show up for people in different ways. So for me, it wasn't necessarily my external appearance. So yes, granted, I have had real body image struggles through the years. I have struggled with um, my emotional eating, but my perfectionism really became shackled in in um, achievements and work and burnout and, you know, getting validation from from other people. Um, and I know that other people might recognise this behaviour with their body image, with how they look. Um, and it's all the same. It all will stem from similar shadow beliefs of worthiness. But we can get rid of this. This doesn't have to be how it is. Honestly, I think people look at other people, especially women and healing sisterhood wounds and mother wounds and stuff. It's really important to look at how we are looking at other women and how we are benchmarking, comparing, judging other people. And knowing that confidence isn't something that other people are worthy of and and other people aren't. Confidence is something that we work at. And often the people that are showing up and perhaps triggering us and confronting us, maybe they've been spending thousands of pounds on their development and their healing. Maybe they have been through traumas that they've worked through privately to heal. Maybe that's what's enabling them to give less of a fuck, to stand in their power and to really start showing up as their authentic selves. So when we do find ourselves having these thoughts and having these judgments, what perhaps could be going on behind the scenes and what perhaps could be available to you in terms of your healing, in terms of your up-leveling. But honestly, by peeling back the layers of our shadow, we can find the gold, the true authentic us that we're born here to be. We weren't born here perfectionists. We weren't born here finding survival modes in our adult life that we no longer need to have. We built these methods of survival in our childhood to survive. We are now adults. We do not need to be children navigating life in adults' bodies. We can start to let that go. We can start to connect with ourselves, connect with our inner child. And we really can start to embrace imperfect imperfect, messy action, embracing failure, fuck failure, 
Let's look at lessons. Let's look at challenges. Let's look at opportunities. Life can be incredible. We can say goodbye to burnout. So if this resonates with you, please let me know. I would love to hear from you. This stuff lights me up. This work changed my life. If you want to inquire about how you can work with me, please head to the link in the show notes. Um, You can work with me in different ways. So at the moment, I've got the doors open for my one-to-one. I offer four-month coaching with me one-to-one where we will do a lot of this unconscious work. We will work with your shadow to release a lot of the bullshit beliefs that you have about yourself that can start removing a lot of this perfectionist tendencies that you might be exhibiting right now. You can work with me in my Sensitive Soul Society. The doors will be opening um, kind of mid-April, maybe beginning of May. Um, I will be creating a wait list that you can join. But that is a self-led empowerment program for highly sensitive women and empaths looking to start standing in these sensitive superpowers. You can start tapping into your shadow. You can start creating better sensitive soul care for yourself and creating and cultivating that confidence. So there's there's these two ways that you can be working with me right now. So head into the link in my bio, drop me a DM, link up with me on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever works for you. And let's keep connected. Let's keep doing the thing, darling, because it will change your life. I've loved speaking to you today. I cannot wait to be in your ears again. And until next time, take care of yourself. Protect that energy. Take care, doll.